we've been going over the, the whole Bible, right? We've been going through the Old Testament, the New Testament, um, just the whole thing, and it's been it's been amazing. I know for me, it's been enriching just being able to see God's story, um, see Him through His people, through every book of the Bible, just throughout, and get to know more of Him in different ways. And I think what's been helpful for me is that it's a reminder that we really need to study the Bible. Like, it's, it's not just a book that we can say, well, I read through it all the way, start to finish once. No, we have to really study it and take time and have, like, our devotional time, right, um, to get to know His Word more, to know Him more. Because each time we're in a different stage, there's just a different revelation and thing that we learn. And there's just so much packed in there. But if we keep going, you know, day by day, a little bit at a time, praying, reading, then soon enough we'll gain a better understanding. And I have a question, though, because I was thinking about this. Like, it's one thing to really understand it, but once you gain that better understanding, what do you do with it? Because I don't think we're meant to just keep God's word to ourselves, right? Uh, we're not just, I mean, of course, we see we're supposed to develop that intimacy with the Lord, get to know Him more, but I don't think we're supposed to hoard all that information. And I want to turn our attention to a specific passage, and I think it should be on the screen, from 2 Timothy. And as we learned last week, 2 Timothy is uh, one of the many epistles of Paul written to Timothy. And um, during this time, we learn in the scriptures that Paul was actually imprisoned in Rome, yet again, for sharing the gospel. So he's writing this while he's in prison. And in this time, he's also near death. So there's a lot of urgency in this letter. There's um, a lot of reiteration, because there is 1 Timothy, right? So there's reiteration from that letter. And it's regarding Timothy's ministry and uh, the church of Ephesus. So let us listen to what Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. Paul writes, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage, with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, would you speak to the hearts of those in here today? Guide us to take in your word and preach it as well. Thank you that we can know you deeply and share your good news with others. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So I'm challenged by this text um, for a few reasons. Paul is giving Timothy a charge to preach. He's giving Timothy a charge to keep steady, to endure hardship, to do the work of an evangelist. These are all heavy things, right? They're not something simple. It's not, it doesn't just come easy. It takes time, work, practice. 
And I feel challenged because we, all of us, we're not off the hook either. So this may have been written to Timothy, and maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not a preacher. Uh, but these things do apply to you and to me, so don't tune me out just yet. Um, let's pay careful attention to what's going on in the text. Because I want to explore the why in our preaching, which Paul expresses in the later verses. He writes of a time when people will not listen to the truth, uh, but when they will only want to listen to what they want to hear. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Uh, these days we are surrounded by news, right? We have um, not just the television, uh, not just the newspaper, we have social media. Um, of course, we have conversation and we hear news that way. And it's just coming from every direction. And I feel like for myself, it's hard to really filter through. And there's also a danger of listening to maybe one specific type of news or one channel or, or something like that. I know I have to admit, uh, confess, that in my undergrad years, I really only listened to um, what Jimmy Fallon and uh, Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert, what they had to offer um, and their take. And the danger and the problem with that is that it's humorous, it's satire, it's their opinion, it's skewed. And um, I wasn't really getting the full picture. I wasn't getting the facts of what really happened, just what someone else thought. And we can also look at the example of, I don't know how many of you have heard about what happened in Anaheim just about a week or so ago between an off-duty officer and a minor. And I don't want to get into the details of the situation, but more so the protests that followed. Because I know someone that actually went to the protests. And what she said was very interesting. And I, I'm quoting her here. The message was lost. People were getting hostile, rowdy, and did not appear to know what they were really fighting for. They could make an impact if they were just led well and knew their message, what it was. And Paul described this too, didn't he? People will turn from truth and turn to myths. We can even look simply at our own reactions. When we hear something, when we read something online, uh, opinions, posts, news, do we know the whole story before we react? Or do we just read the headlines, not the whole article, and then place judgment? Because Paul also said, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Are you listening to what your ears want to hear? Or are you listening to what's truly of God? There's so many opinions floating around, but do we know and acknowledge what the truth is? And what do we have to say about it? How do we distinguish between what's truth and what's just comforting words? Maybe you've heard opinions and uh, interpretations of faith and of Christ, such as, you know, Jesus is a good moral teacher. Or maybe you've heard there are different paths. Different religions, all these roads, they lead to heaven. Or maybe more commonly, I'm a good person. Well, at least I'm not as bad as the guy next to me, right? I think I'm going to heaven. And they sound good. Uh, they don't sound like negative things. Uh, and they really do relieve our discomfort, that itch in our ear, right? But these opinions are not the truth. They're not the word. So how do we address this then? 
A commentator by the name of John Stott puts it this way. The harder the times and the deafer the people, the clearer and more persuasive our proclamation must be. So as we gain a better understanding ourselves of Christ and his good news, we can solidify that foundation that we have through sharing the good news, through proclaiming it. Again, Paul said, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. And you may still be thinking, Pia, I'm not a preacher. But I have news for you. Because if you're a Christ follower, you are commissioned by Christ to go and make disciples of all nations. And how do you think we do that? By preaching. And preaching is, it's, if you want to break it down, it's sharing your faith. Yes, we have preachers, I'm standing here, I'm preaching out, but preaching is also just going and telling people the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. So now that we understand that Paul's talking to us, the whole church as well, right? What now? Well, we need to understand what the word is. And if you've been following through, we started reading a, a chapter of John um, every day for Lent. And if, so some of this might be re reiteration, which is perfect. We look at John 1 and we read this definition of the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word is Christ. When we preach, we're to preach Jesus Christ. This is His good news, His love for us. So Paul's foundation in this passage, it starts with who Christ is. And it's all about Christ. It's about his death, his burial, his resurrection. That is Paul's urgency. And the people will soon turn away, and they have been. We have turned away. And they'll immediately look for satisfaction in, in whatever is quick and in front of them. And true, but that's not true hope. And true hope can be so hard to grasp for us. We may not even realize that we don't have it. And there's a story I just heard about a week ago. It's about a group of coworkers. And for whatever reason, the conversation was about heaven, are we gonna to go to heaven or hell? And then that conversation turned into, well, what is your faith? Like, what do you believe? And one of the coworkers actually said this as they were discussing it. She said she didn't know. And when she was prodded, they said, why don't you know? And she said, I guess no one really talks about it. I don't know. And this is what shook me. This is what convicted me. Because I asked myself, am I talking about the hope I have in Jesus Christ? Not just here, but out there. So let me ask you, church, are you talking about the hope you have? Really think about it. Are you really talking about the hope that you have? Yes, live it out, of course. But have you also shared it? And perhaps we have different assumptions of non-Christians too, right? Maybe it's 
uh, they'll get offended if I share the gospel. They've already heard it. They don't want it. They don't care. Again, I'm not a preacher. I'm not equipped. But these are all false assumptions. These are lies. Imagine the people at your work, at your school, in your own household. They may not know or do not believe simply because we've been keeping our mouths shut. When we hide behind assumptions, <coughs> we allow ourselves to hide behind comfort, I know I have, and we give into our own thoughts and words of comfort and relief. But Christ didn't come to this earth in the form of a human baby to suffer on the cross, die and rise again just so we could hide behind comfort and assumptions. And maybe you're asking now, maybe not, I don't know, but how do we know if we're really equipped then? Well, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Christ followers, you are equipped with the scriptures and with the Holy Spirit. Now continually trained in the word. How? Join a life group. I'm serious. You can share the hope that you have in Jesus Christ with your group. And what a great way to practice in a way that you may be encouraging others, and they're encouraging you. And we're doing what it says in Thessalonians, right? We're building each other up. Also ask your elders, ask your pastors, for resources or for mentoring and how you can better share the word. And serve in different ministries and in outreaches, just like Love Lamarada. Practice living out that which Christ displayed to you in his word of serving others first, listening to their stories, not just reacting. And then listening to the Holy Spirit, awaiting what he will do and open up for you to share. Yes, this is urgent. Paul said in season and out of season we're to preach and be ready. And we're not just to prepare when there's a big outreach event, right? When we go on a missions trip. We're supposed to be continually learning, growing, sharpening our skills. So that we can keep our heads in all situations. We can endure hardship and we can do the work of an evangelist. We need to be aware of our context, of our surroundings, what's going on in our neighborhood, in our world, how to view it with compassion through the lens of scripture. And it's not easy. It certainly takes intentional time and effort, but it's necessary. Because in a world that seems to be increasingly dark, where true hope, we know where true hope lies. And we know what John said, that the light, which is Jesus Christ, shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. But we must remember that there are people that don't know. They may have been heard, told skewed views, they may have been told lies, or they simply don't know, like that girl at her work. And they find hope in material things, in other people, in worldly things. And it's all because we may just be keeping our mouths shut. So church, ask yourselves first, am I turning my ears away from the Lord? 
Because that's an important question. How can you share the hope you have if you don't really believe in it or have it? Then ask, am I preaching the word, am I preaching Christ to those around me? Am I ready in season and out of season? Because I know I've been reading through the news and I've been sitting there trying not to cry. Whether the facts are true, or if they're true facts or not, that can be debated, but we know that the world, we're confused. We're tired. We're angry and we're sad and fear. But we have hope in Jesus Christ. And we need to be reminded of that and share that with other people. Because the good, good news is that the battle, though it's ongoing, Christ has already won. We know what it says in Revelation. We know what it says throughout the whole scriptures. And the darkness may seem overwhelming, but Christ is overcome. So preach. To sum all of this up, know Christ and his word. Be equipped through reading scripture, through prayer. Train in his word. Practice in this community. Join a life group. Practice in the fellowship hall. Go out and preach his word. Serve and spread the gospel. Because the good news of Christ is too good not to share and spread around. So let's pray. Lord, I'll be the first to confess that I so often hide behind my own comfort and what people will think of me, that I don't share who you are and how selfish that can be, Lord. Would you help us to really just step out in faith, Lord? Because we know who you are. We see what you've done, what you're doing. We have our own stories of transformation, Lord. And would you help us not to shy away from telling people about it? Lord, we lift up to you, starting with this city, with this church, to our states, to our whole country, to the world, Lord. There's so much darkness, so much brokenness. And Lord, we know these aren't new things, but we are continually reminded how much we need you. So, Lord, you are awesome, you are mighty, and we praise you for that. And now, Lord, we pray the prayer that you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.